I press my face against the crumbling wall. The soft rocks absorb their voices, but I have learned how to listen. I pick their words off the moss and stone. He is warning her that this case, above all others, will be tough. Ready and prepared, I hear him say. Soon? The lady asks. I can hear the pleading in her voice. How can he not hear it? But he doesn't. He is too busy being scared of her. The fallen priest doesn't hear the whipping in his own voice when he talks to the lady. He doesn't hear the longing and desire. He doesn't feel the wonderful wildness of the world. Though he lives inside this enchanted place, he doesn't see the enchantment in the lady. He doesn't see the enchantment in here or anywhere. For me, being taken to this dungeon was like landing in sanctuary. For the priest, it was worse than exile. He came here not long ago, with his face dejected and the fluorescent lights shining on his thinning hair, the wrinkles drying around his eyes. This place freezes you. Then one day they thaw you out and take you to the back of cell block H and you are dead. Catch you later, he says. I drop my head from the wall. The lady walks past my cell. I slide along the cell wall toward the bars, careful not to let her see me. If she turns, I will jump on my cot and hide under the blanket. Instead, she keeps walking. I creep closer to the bars to watch her walk. I catch a triangle of shirt at the bottom of her narrow back, the back of her heel. I've become practiced at this game, so sometimes I catch more. A tendril of shining black hair, a glimpse of a seashell ear. I listen carefully as her footsteps recede down the row, savoring each tiny muffled clop, saving it for later. The fallen priest is also there, on the other side of my cell watching her go. Slowly, he turns and walks the other way. His footsteps sound leaden. An inmate calls to him. That would be Stryker, on my other side. And the priest moves reluctantly to the cell bars, ready words of comfort on his lips. He has sweat under his Oxford shirt from talking to the lady. Sweat rolls down his calf and falls from his bare ankle under his loafers to the porous stone. It seeps down below to the underground caverns where the golden horses run, but no one sees. The lady doesn't look back at the fallen priest. She strides away, her back straight and firm. She thinks of the priest and twitches the thoughts away. She needs a clear mind for meeting her new client. The men watch her pass, silently. No one catcalls the lady. At the far end of the hall, a narrow set of ancient stairs rises out of the gloom. We are buried here in the dungeon, deep under the cell blocks above. The cells here have never seen sunlight, and the light bulbs in the stairwells are old and flickering. The tight dungeon-like stairs are dark corners and spittle-drying places that a wise man avoids. The lady takes a deep breath and plunges up them. Claustrophobia has always plagued her, 
It has taken her years to get used to entering this prison. With its loud slamming gates and shocking claps of metal locks, and her own deep memories of knowing what it is like to feel trapped. She got over her fears in the way she gets over everything. She pretends they don't exist. Still, the stairs in our prison disturb her. Once she happened to glance up at the wall and saw a torn fingernail dangling from a crack in the stone. She knows about the crimes that take place in our enchanted place the brutal acts that the outside never hears about, the gougings and rapes and killings. She knows these crimes occur not just against inmates, but against guards and people like her. The stairs are so old, they slope at the middle. The stone is porous and absorbs blood. It is true, ancient...